We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. We're previewing the Indiana-Ohio State game coming up on Saturday. Uh, The game kicks off at 3.30. It will be televised on ESPN, so check your local listings for that. Um, Set your DVRs, whatever you need to do to catch the game. Um, And we'll be joined uh, by TJ Inman here shortly. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. Uh, We're going to go over uh, some a little bit uh, of fun news coming out of Bloomington uh, with the launch of the new um, new uniforms for Nebraska next week. We'll touch on that a little bit, uh, and but mostly we're going to focus on Ohio State coming up on Saturday. TJ, welcome to the show. How are you? Well, I'm doing great, Sammy. It's a little bit of an odd week because it's a, a game that. Um, you know, coming off of a win over Michigan State, you know, super pumped to see Indiana play again and continue that momentum. But uh, it is a little bit hard to to quantify what exactly that looks like against Ohio State, who, um, to be to be frank, has been the best team in the country so far uh, this year. Now, have they played the best competition? No. I mean, Rutgers is a mess right now offensively. Uh, Bowling Green, their program has fallen apart really too lane. Or, uh, Tulsa, excuse me, has, has not been quite what people thought they were going to be coming into the season. And Oklahoma, uh, you know, going there and winning is extremely impressive no matter what you think of the Sooners. So, you know, you can take the competition level for whatever you want, but Ohio State's been really, really good, and it, it's a tall task for Indiana to, to even, you know, have a chance in the fourth quarter of this game on Saturday. So it's kind of an odd one to, to prepare for. And, um, but I, I am anxious to see how Indiana stacks up against a team as good as Ohio state and whether or not, not necessarily the outcome of the game, but the kind of performance that they can put together. If they can have another good performance after playing well on Saturday, that'll tell me a lot about uh, this team's ability to handle the success that they've had. Yeah, and that's, you know, exactly right. Also, another thing, and this is more of a, a personal and, and probably from the fan side, uh, two out of the four Ohio State games have been delayed. If we could avoid that, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah. But uh, that's something that, uh, you know, nobody can control uh, other than maybe a stadium builder uh, if you put a roof on Ohio Stadium. But, um, you know, it, it is a tall task. It, it's you know, Indiana has never won back-to-back weeks against ranked opponents, um, at least through my research. If it's changed, you know, tweet me and, and let me know. But uh, in 1987, they did beat Ohio, a ranked Ohio State team at, at the Horseshoe, um, played Minnesota in between, won that game, and then the next week 
um, after Minnesota beat a ranked Michigan team at home. So they have knocked off two consecutive uh, ranked teams that they've played. You know, again, you can't control, you know, whether or not a team is ranked when you play them. Uh, so, you know, it, it's been a while since that has happened. And, and you're right, TJ, something, you know, you've got after this, you've got what, seven games left. You know, and a long, uh, a lot of season to go. So, you know, you yeah. want to see a good effort. You want to see you, you want to see the lack of a hangover from the win from from Michigan State. It's how does IU handle success, and that does not necessarily mean right. uh, going into Columbus and, and beating the Buckeyes, but going into Columbus, putting on your your best effort. You know, playing your your A plus game and and giving you a shot to win. Um, and and finally, just getting out of there healthy. Um, you know, last yep. year's Ohio State game, you saw Nate Sudfeld and Jordan Howard uh, go down, and that really affected the next two games. Uh, you know, Penn State especially when when you didn't have Nate or Jordan, and that game. You know, if you have both of them, you know, it's a twenty nine seven game with IU playing their third string quarterback for you know most of the second half, um, if not all of it. And, uh, you know, who knows if you have um, Jordan Nate, maybe, uh, you know, the, the defense doesn't run out of gas because the offense can put drives together and that game could end up as a win. And then I, I think Rutgers uh, was the next game. And, and I believe that, you know, if you had Jordan Howard that game, uh, that's a win. It, it's, you know, the IU became one dimensional in, in that game and, and didn't run the ball in the second half and couldn't kill the clock. Um, mm-hmm. up by 20 whatever points they were with 17 minutes to go. So going in, playing your best ball, um, you know, and, and letting the chips fall where they might and, and getting out of there, they're healthy. Um, and, and Wilson had a great quote after either after the game or on Monday is that they just wanted to get to the fourth quarter with a shot to win. And I think that's how they're going to play again this week in terms of just if you get us to the fourth quarter with a shot to win, we trust our guys to get the job done. And that's where they were last year against Ohio state. Um, and even the year before that, when uh, Tevin absolutely had a, a fantastic game. Um, so they, they played the Buckeyes. Well, they're not going to be scared of Ohio state. Um, and you know, what? Ohio state's not going to take this team easily either. I think, you know, Indiana's, uh, earned their respect um, with the way they've played since Kevin Wilson has been on campus. And, it, you know, they know if they take IU easily, it's a game that they can lose. It's, you know, it, Ohio State's very, very good. Um, I think, TJ, you, you found the stat that they're outscoring opponents at home 64 to or 61 to 4. So anytime yeah. you can do that, it's impressive. It, on average. It doesn't matter. On who, yeah, on average. Um, you know, yep. it, does, it still doesn't matter who you, who you play. That's very impressive. So uh, let's go into some of the keys of the game. TJ, what, what's your first uh, key to the game? Uh, the first one for me is going to be slowing the run. Uh, Ohio State is right now, you could make an argument they're the best rushing team in the country. Uh, they are, I mean, They've got a lot of capable runners, but as a team, they're averaging 332 yards per game, third nationally. The two teams ahead of them are kind of uh, gimmicky option teams, which 
you know, that doesn't mean they're not great rushing teams, but Ohio State more of a traditional rushing attack, and they appear to be the best in the country at it, uh, incredibly efficient. They have not had a ton of huge rushes. It's just they are gaining kind of, you know, six, seven-yard chunks every time they take the ball. Uh, they've had the fewest runs stuffed in the entire country, which means that they are getting positive yards every single time. Uh, with the exception of, I think that they're having like 2% or 4%, something like that, of their runs stuffed, which is an incredible number. And that'll drop as the season goes on. It's still a fairly small sample size for this stuff, but uh, there's no doubt that they're a great running team. Mike Weber is the leading rusher. Uh, Urban Myers compared him to Carlos Hyde uh, more than Ezekiel Elliott, so a bit more of a banger. Uh, And, you know, he's noted that he falls forward every time he, he gets the ball. So uh, even if, when you tackle him, he's still falling forward for two or three additional yards, which makes a huge difference talking about getting them into third and long situations, which Bill Connolly uh, of SB Nation, really tremendous writer on college football, he pointed out that Ohio State's quote-unquote weakness might be third and medium to third and long passing situations, uh, they're not exceptionally good at that, and they don't have a, a ton of proven options to wide receiver, but the trick is going to be getting them into, getting them into those pro- situations because the running game is so good. You know, outside of just Mike Weber, you've got Curtis Samuel, who leads the Big Ten in all-purpose yards. They look to give him the ball in all kinds of situations. He'll get handoffs, he'll get sweeps, he'll get screen passes, he'll get, you know, lined up as a traditional receiver. Uh, they're going to get him the ball however they can, and part of that's in the running game. He's averaging over eight yards a carry. Uh, And then J.T. Barrett, obviously not a slouch running the ball either. Uh, He leads the team in rushing touchdowns. So uh, it's going to be very difficult for Indiana to run so far, much better than I thought they'd be at this point in the season against the run, giving up only 140 yards per game. But this is definitely the toughest test. Uh, of a running game that they're going to see all season. Uh, definitely. And, um, you know, you go back to uh, Curtis Samuel. I, I think he's um, he, he's awesome. He's an awesome player. Uh, but yeah. I think IU, yeah. uh, you know, saw a little bit of that with R.J. Shelton this this uh, past weekend where Michigan State used him at wide uh, as a traditional receiver, saw him get the shovel pass on the – um, on the jet sweep action, stuff like that. So hopefully that, you know, prepares defenders to to defend a guy like uh, Curtis Samuel. Now, Curtis Samuel is a much better all-around player than, than R.J. Shelton, but Shelton is still uh, pretty darn good and used in a lot of the same ways. Uh, TJ, my first key to the game uh, is, is, uh, is red zone scoring. Um, Ohio State is a ridiculous 21 of 23 uh, in the red zone. I believe there are two stops. One came last week on downs, and the other one came at the end of the half against uh, Oklahoma. They they score a lot of touchdowns down there, and um, it's, it's going to be tough uh, to stop them. But uh, on the flip side, Indiana has to do a better job of getting points in the red zone. Uh, we've all seen the struggles that um, – that Indiana has had, uh, they, 
you know, you saw it last week, and they they still pulled out a victory where they uh, they did not look good in the red zone. They they um, missed a couple kicks. Um, they over uh, shot a pass on fourth down, and and things like that. Those are the plays that that IU will need to have. They cannot um, they cannot miss field goals like they did against Michigan State. Uh, they cannot afford to miss fourth and twos. Um, or third and twos uh, inside the opponent's five-yard line. Uh, right now, uh, Indiana is nine of fourteen in the red zone. Ohio State's twenty-one of uh, twenty-three. Seventeen of those Ohio State point scoring opportunities are touchdowns, while only six for for Indiana. So Ohio State, if you know, if Indiana can hold them to field goals or keep them out of the red zone, um, that would be tremendous. Uh, but when Indiana gets into the red zone, they they need to take advantage. They need to get something going because even nine of fourteen, you're still missing five um, five scoring opportunities. Where even if you get three points, I know you're leaving four on the field. But even when you're getting three, you still got something to show for your offensive drives. And that would have been huge last week against Michigan State, and it's going to be huge to to keep this this team in the game um, and and fighting until the end. Is it's just get points when you can. Um, TJ, any any other keys to the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll comment on on the the red zone. I I do think that uh, we are going to see quite a bit. Uh, this is what I'm hoping for. I think we're going to see quite a bit of uh, of Tyler Nati in the red zone um, this this week, and I that's what I'm hoping for, and I'm hoping it's effective because I do think can be a, a really good red zone option for Indiana, uh, particularly short yardage situations. I I would I, I know that they tried him with the pass, and I I'm sure we'll see that at some point again this season. Yeah, and I don't I'm sure think it we'll was see. that bad of a play call. I mean, everybody's killing him. No, I don't either. But no. Redding they, was they wide open. They got good open. penetration on that. It was Michigan State read it well. They got good penetration on it. Good I, you penetration. Know, it was, He's yeah, a true it freshman. It. His mind is going a million miles an hour, and, and he rushed the throw. Um, yeah. You'll definitely see that play again. I don't think it's one yeah. where where you, um, you know, just throw it out like the, the Eric Toth uh, – fake punt last year, um, which yeah. was actually blocked well. But um, it, it's one of those things that you're going to see again. Uh, continue. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I think you'll see more direct snaps to him. I think you'll see him. I, I just I think he's going to be a big part of the red zone package that Indiana has. Um, and I, I'm hoping to see how effective that can be on Saturday. Hopefully Indiana gets lots of red zone opportunities so we can see that. Ohio State has not given up very many of those this season, so it would be a good sign if Indiana was able to get into the red zone often. I um, think we'll see more of that. Uh, and I, I would not mind seeing uh, some targets go to the tight ends in the red zone. We have really not seen that at all. Uh, Ian Thomas did get targeted by Nati on that play, but um, he didn't have a chance to make a play on the ball, uh, and we've seen very little action towards uh, towards Danny Friend um, or Austin Doris or Ian Thomas in other situations. So I wouldn't mind seeing them 
um, get an opportunity to make some plays in the red zone as well. Uh, especially without Simi Cobbs, you're you're down a big target as a wide receiver. Nick Westbrook has proven to be you know a star in the making, but um, I think those bigger targets with the the tight ends could be a good option this week as well. But uh, another key of the game for me, uh, it's going to be you know being careful of this Ohio State secondary. I think it is the strength of their defense right now. Uh, they have not gotten an incredibly good pass rush. They do have some good ends. Uh, they've got Joey Bosa's younger brother, um, and they have Tyquan Lewis, and they've got uh, Hubbard. They, they've got some some good pass rushers, but no one that has proven to be a game wrecker yet. Uh, their game wreckers are, are in the secondary. Um, they have a pair of guys, Marshawn Lattimore and Malik Hooker, that have been tremendous thus far combined for 12 passes deflected, six pass breakups, uh, and combined for six interceptions. Uh, each of them have three, and that's you know, through four games, and they, they have not played the entire game in a couple of those blowouts. So you're really looking at probably about 180 minutes of game time uh, that they've they've been out there competing and I mean, Hooker also has one and a half tackles for loss, and he tackles. Uh, Ohio State had to replace a lot in that secondary, and the guys that have stepped up are Hooker and Lattimore, and and they've – Indiana, you know, I know that Legault, for the most part, has has done a good job of taking care of the ball, but if if Ohio State is able to force him into any kind of mistake, they're probably going to capitalize on it. because that secondary, that's what they've done so far, 11 turnovers total, uh, and six of those came in one game. But still, uh, it's a very dangerous secondary. They call themselves the Silver Bullets, that defense does. And there's a reason for it. It's because they're really fast. And when they get a chance to make a play, they typically do. So that's going to be really important for Indiana to take care of the ball, uh, not make any critical mistakes, Um because if you do, you know, Ohio State is going to drop a potential interception or uh, miss out on an opportunity to make a play. And if you let them start going downhill on you to where you have to be one-dimensional to try to get back into a game, uh, you don't have a chance. So uh, that's my second key to the game is you know taking care of the ball, especially being really careful with that secondary. Yeah, that's secondary. It's it's one of our matchups. It's our matchup to watch, actually, uh, from Alex Compton's IU's receivers against uh, the OSU secondary. And, and what it's going to come down to is, you know, can these receivers make competitive plays against a very aggressive secondary? And can yep. Richard Lego um, not, you know, have that hiccup of a, of a throw? Um, the there was one or two throws against Wake Forest and then the one throw against Michigan State in the end zone. Um, you know, he doesn't need to complete 100% of his passes, but if you don't see anybody open, it might not be the best idea to try and fit the ball into the tight window and, and just either right. you know, scramble or, or throw the ball away and, and live to play another, another down. Um, but these, these receivers for IU need to make uh, competitive plays on the ball. They're going to have to come back. 
um, and, and get hands on the ball and, and, you know, get that reception and, and earn it, um, uh, TJ. But, you know, they, also to note that four of these interceptions have been returned for touchdowns. So, yep. you know, it, it's, you can't give away the ball, especially on the road at a place like Ohio state. Um, and you know, the, yeah. the offense is going to have to take care of the ball. And then, you know, on the flip side, you'd like to see Indiana take the ball away a couple of times, you know, JT Barrett only has two interceptions, but I, I was watching the Bowling Green game again. And there are a couple of times where Bowling Green defenders drop picks. Um, and I, I think Matt Millen was doing that game. He was talking about a hitch, uh, in in JT Barrett's throw, where if you disguise disguise the defense um, a certain way and and show blitz, but back into coverage, he has a tendency to kind of double clutch and and get in trouble that way. So you know, it, they're not invincible. Um, no team in college football is invincible, um, but it's going to be very very difficult to to knock this um, to knock this team off and. IU is going to have to play um, a perfect game, and and that's you know it's not, and get some help. Yeah, and get some help. You're going to have to probably have Ohio State play. You know they can't play if they both teams play their A game. Ohio State's going to win. If IU plays their yeah. A game and Ohio State plays their B game, maybe a B minus game, IU has has a real shot to going in there and, and knocking them off. Um, I think you know this is the best team they've played at home. All, all year, uh, you know, Rutgers didn't do much um, and they're missing their best player. So I, I think, yeah. you know, if you're a betting man, uh, I, I think that 29 point spread looks real juicy to take the points with IU. Um, but, you know, it, it's a game that can get out of hand quickly. And you could see it yeah. with, with um, one of the things was Ohio State has scored a lot of points right before halftime. And, you, you see it in the NFL with the Patriots and Bill Belichick where they'll defer to the second half. And then all of a sudden your team's in the game, team's in the game. You have to punt it with a minute and a half left in the half. They go right down the field, score a field goal, score a touchdown, and then take the ball in the second half, score, score more points. And all, all of a sudden a, a seven point game turns into a, you know, a 20 point game or, or a 14 point game. Uh, something like that. So I think, you know, that the final key of the game is, you know, those last few minutes of the half, um, gotta, gotta shut them down. You gotta keep them off the, keep them off the board and then keep it going through the second half. If, if you let uh, Ohio state score right before the half and, and if they get the ball at after halftime, um, right after halftime and let them score, this game will get out of hand quickly. And, um, it might not be fun to watch. So um, that's, that's my take on the game. Um, anything yeah. else? And that's not only, yeah, that's not only on the defense either. That the offense is going to play a role in that too. Uh, you know, if you're extending your drives by converting third downs, obviously it keeps Ohio State's offense off the field, but it's particularly important in those end of half uh, situations where, you know, if you have a chance to uh, stay on the field, you need to take it as opposed to punting, like you said, to Ohio State with a minute and 30 or two minutes left and giving them a chance to tear down the field quickly. Uh, if they have a chance to, odds are they probably will. They'll take advantage of it they have so far. 
no reason to think that'll stop. So uh, that's on both the defense and the offense to, to manage manage the game really well uh, to give yourself a chance to execute and uh, and be in the game at the end of it. Yeah, and that's, you know, what, what was encouraging last week was that IU, yeah. I thought, managed the game very well. Um, it was maybe a little conservative, but it kept them in. It kept them in the game, kept them alive, um, and, and then they had that second half offensive explosion. Um, so hopefully, uh, you know, this doesn't get out of hand too quickly. Uh, if you know, it, like any underdog um, coming into a game against number two team in the country like this, the longer you stay competitive in the game, the more belief you have. Um, sure. You have to to win the game, and, and you've seen it. It's kind of cliche, but you know, if Ohio State does not put this team out, at, you know, out of it early, Indiana is going to stick with them. And now they've gotten over the hill. They they you know, as we said on Monday, they they changed the headline. The headline on you know on Saturday could have been the Hoosiers blow it again, lose but brass platoon in overtime. You know, here we, you know, here we go again. Season's over. They they changed it. It was, you know, monumental win. Hoosiers, you know, shock Spartans, uh, stuff like that. They've gotten over that hill. They know they can do it now. Uh, the evidence yeah. is there. And so, you know, if you have another game where it comes down to a, a, a first and goal uh, to tie the game or to win the game, uh, IU has the self-belief now that they could do it. And they have the – that they they have done it and they have the evidence that they've done it. So, um, you know, if I'm an Ohio State fan, I'm I'm a little nervous going into this one uh, in terms of Indiana's given us the last couple of years. Um, and if if they start leaving Indiana around in this game, it it's gonna they're gonna be on pins and needles in, in the horseshoe next week. That's possible. Yeah, it is possible. I I I um. I think that the win percentage heading into this on uh, ESPN that two yeah okay yeah so it's two point two point three percent okay well yeah like what Christmas said you're saying there's a chance so yep yeah I, I'm saying there is a chance it's a very small one like I said at the start of the podcast what I'm looking for is for a good performance um, you know a, a a performance that, you know, the defense gets some stops, makes some things happen, make Ohio State's offense a little uncomfortable at times um, for the offense to, you know, do something that the other offenses haven't done against Ohio State yet this year and, and give their defense a little bit of adversity. You know, I'm, I'm just hoping Indiana can put some actual game pressure on Ohio State. It's something they haven't really had yet. They jumped out to lead on Oklahoma and we're never really threatening that one either. So they haven't really dealt with any game pressure, so I'm hoping Indiana can do that and, you know, stay healthy and uh, and get to Nebraska with. And the significance of that win over Michigan State is not going to be erased by anything that happens on Saturday in Columbus. That being said, Indiana can well, it, continue. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be erased right. by anything yeah. that will happen in Columbus. Will fans freak right. out? Maybe, because well, they're fans. Um, yeah. But you're right in terms of there's logically nothing you could do on the field in terms of a loss. I mean, they could lose 100 to nothing, um, and, and I, I still, I would still feel good about this team going to next week. Yeah, yeah. Ohio State 
if that's what happened, then I think the narrative should be Ohio State's incredible, not, oh, Indiana's win over Michigan State was just a total fluke. No, I don't, I don't think that's the case. That being said, you would feel even better about the rest of the season, which really there's only one more game like this Ohio State game, and I, I don't think that it matches what Indiana's up against with Ohio State either. It, it's at Michigan. Um, and that Michigan has not looked as good as Ohio State has. So there's only one more game like that, and the rest of the way you're dealing with either games where you're favored or I think relative toss-ups and then a big underdog at Michigan. Um, so for me, just a, a good performance is going to make me feel that much better uh, about how you know we line up uh, against Nebraska for, for homecoming uh, October 15th. So – uh, you know, like you said, stay healthy, be competitive, put a good performance together. Um, you know, you do those things, you give yourself a chance in the in the second half, and that's all you can ask for. Yep. Um, TJ, but, uh, before we get into uh, predictions, I want to talk a little bit about uniforms. Um, sure. It was announced today that Indiana would have a new uniform for the Nebraska game. Um, it's going to incorporate the candy stripes that were – you know, brought to IU by Doc Councilman and, and Hobie Billingsley with the swim team, uh, and then made famous by, um, you know, Bob Knight and the basketball team. Uh, what are your first impressions? Well, uh, you, I, I didn't know about it. You texted me uh, and with a, you know, candy stripe uniforms, and uh, and I, I was like, uh-oh, what, you know, because it, we you know, everybody has probably seen the images floating around of what a candy stripe uniform would look like, uh, especially when Indiana broke out those new helmets, like, you know, is this what's next? And it was, you know, pretty garish, like just candy stripe on the entire uniform. And I was like, oh, no, please don't let that be the case because the, the renderings were, were pretty ugly. But then go to the photo gallery on, the, on IU Hoosiers' uh, website, and they've tweeted out pics as well. Uh, you've tweeted out some stuff also, um, and honestly, I, I I think they look pretty good. I think they're tasteful. Uh, Adidas alternate uniforms are really hit or miss, mostly miss, if I'm honest. Uh, but I, I think these look pretty good, and I, I think having kind of a, I think a one-off once a season is a good idea. You know, it's something that that the players will get excited about uh, recruits, I guess, like this kind of thing. So that's great. Um, and I, I fans will, you know, add a little extra buzz for that homecoming game to see how they look on the field. Uh, but I, I don't think they overdid it with the candy stripes. They're just kind of uh, a nod to them really. And I, I think the white pants uh, with the script Indiana on it looks great. A uh, very clean look in my opinion. I'm not crazy about the helmets not having any type of uh, any type of logo on them. It's just numbers. Um, I don't love that, but uh, you know, there's kind of state flag uh, rendering stuff in the background on the uniforms. Uh, pretty simple chest marking with the IU logo, uh, just centered on the on the chest right above the numbers, and then you know, just the candy stripe knot on the on the shoulders. Um, Overall, I think Indiana and Adidas that combined to, to be responsible for this, I, I think it looks nice, and um, I love the look of the, the white pants with the red script and the red socks. 
uh, I, I think overall it looks pretty good, and it sure could have been a heck of a lot worse. So if this is something you're going to do, a one-off per season is a different look. One-off per season, I, I'm, I'm good with this, uh, in this year's edition of it for the homecoming game, which makes perfect sense, really. Yeah, it does. Um, and and I, you know what? When when I saw the the tweet come out, I I I had just seen the the, the top of the uniform, and I was like, oh, right. Uh oh, here we right. go. Um, just like you, but you know, after looking at the at the pictures, it, it's I I think it's a good look. Um, and, and you know, I, I know I know Nick is going to be happy because they uh, match the fonts on the numbers on the jer- jerseys and the numbers on the helmets. So they fixed a yeah. lot of the things that, you know, were wrong with the um, having the numbers on the helmets and the jerseys from last year. But I, you know, what? It, it's it's a nice look for them. It's it kind of separates them from the rest of the Adidas schools in in the Big Ten, where you know it kind of if you saw Nebraska play Northwestern, Nebraska had those ice uniforms as well, and they look exactly like Indiana. Um, except for the yeah. red end on the helmet. It, it, yeah, it looked exactly – yeah, it looked cookie-cutter, and, you know, we're going to do this for every team. But I think Adidas did a great job here, um, and whoever worked with IU football into, you know, not making them all candy stripe. You right. know, maybe, you know, people want to see – you know, people have tweeted at, at me that they wanted to see candy stripe socks. I like the subtle nod to it on, on the shoulders. It's something that, you know, it, to me, the candy stripes are a basketball tradition. And, you know, you want to – I get combining the, the, the traditions and, a, and making a school tradition, but it is a basketball tradition, and it's okay to have separate traditions. But this is a, a nod it, to it. I, I like that. Um, and I like that it, it could, you know, you know – the overall feedback I've gotten from it is great. Um, and, and I, I, it looks like the helmet is chrome ish. I, I just, I can't like tell it, yeah. from, from the pictures a hundred percent. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what it looks like under the lights um, at a three thirty game against Nebraska. That's going to be on national TV on ABC. And so this, I don't know if that played into into it or um, if they had uh, something like this just geared up, ready to go um, already. But it's it's a sharp look. I, I the pants are great. I love the the script Indiana yeah. as well, TJ, yeah. um, and, and the Red Sox are sharp. So you know we'll see. Look, my attitude is look if they win, they're great uniforms. If they lose, they're trash, and you could burn them. Um, <laughs> so you know it's it's all about you know. If you feel good, you play good. Um, hopefully the uh, the the players, you know, look good, feel good, play good. Um, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. I think the uniforms this week, yeah. TJ, are going to be the all-white um, yep. tops and bottoms with the, uh, with the two-tone um, helmet, probably with the state flag. Uh, okay. I mean, I – yeah. I wish they wouldn't wear the state flag for out of state games. We talked about that, but uh, all white is what it's going to be for sure. Since you know Ohio State's the scarlet and gray at home, so um, the all white, which I, I don't don't mind that at all. It's a good look, but 
I will say just a, a very quick uniform rant on uh, on Oregon. Uh, what they are doing is really ridiculous. They have uh, they're now wearing a different uniform every week, not just different colors. They're wearing like totally different schemes every week, uh, complete with Adobe Spark presentations that look really sleek, and they. You know, explaining the the tradition and the history behind why they're wearing what they're wearing. And this week they are wearing uh, a navy and yellow um, colors of another Pac-12 team in Cal. Uh, navy and yellow with a uh, a beaver on. You know, part of their their state flag has a beaver on it, uh, and they're wearing these these state flag things. And I, I mean. You would have no clue that they were Oregon. You would have no clue. So what I like about I use alternate uniforms. You can still tell they're Indiana. Uh, yes, it's important to me. I, I think when 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 schools go alternate uniforms and you have to kind of you know do a double take to find out who exactly they're representing. Yeah, when you have to you check know, the info the button on the TV to right. see who's playing, right. it's like not who's good. Playing. Yeah, right. And you can still tell these are Indiana. So I'm pleased about that. Yep. All right. Prediction time, TJ. What's your prediction for Saturday? Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with the the Buckeyes to win. Um, no surprise there. Uh, I do think Indiana will will be closer than what that spread has it. Um, and I'll go with uh, with Ohio State. I think Indiana does do a little better defensively than most teams have done against Ohio State, but. I don't want whatever Ohio State does offensively to have people saying, oh, see, Indiana's defense still sucks. No, Ohio State's going to wreck people all year with their offense. It, it will say nothing negative about Indiana's defense if Ohio State has a big day. Like the Buckeyes will have a pretty big day, but Indiana will force them to a couple field goals. So I'm going to go with a uh, 45 for Ohio State and a 24 for Indiana. So Indiana wow. to get within 21, uh, and find a way to get uh, to get 24 points. Will some of that be late to make it look a tad bit closer than it was? I don't know, but I, I do think Indiana is at least somewhat competitive on Saturday. I don't think Ohio State fans will be sweating, uh, but I, I think Indiana will will account themselves fairly well. Well, I, I had the same exact score prediction, so um, <laughs> I, I I agree. I think something uh, along the lines of 45, you know, 45-24 or 45-28, um, something yeah, around something there. Like I use 20 to 28, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, between there, uh, you're right. I think I, I see IU holding them to field goals. Um, I don't think Ohio State's going to be uber aggressive um, in the red zone going forward on fourth downs. Um, and this, uh, you know, as good as Rutgers' defense was, they had no offense um, and, and all of that. And, you know, this Ohio State team is very, very good. Um, so yep. I, I, I think, uh, you know, 45-24, uh, it, it covers the spread. I, I think the game's close, and Ohio State pulls, pulls away late. Uh, but, you know, who, who knows? It, it, anything could happen. Uh, in in the college football, but um, well, I'll go on record with you. I agree with you. Uh, forty five, you know, forty five twenty four is is my official prediction, and uh, you know, hopefully there are no injuries, 
and you could get out right. out of the out of uh, Columbus clean and 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 go on uh, to the rest of your season. Yeah, and we I I'd love to see uh, love to see Dan Feeney back out there. We know Dimitri Camille is going to be out uh, possibly he for might the rest be of out, the season. But, yeah, um, he had back surgery be. with a, a bulging right. disc. Uh, Wilson mentioned he his season is in jeopardy. Um, so. Yeah. Usually you can't get a, a straight answer out of Wilson about injuries. Um, but hopefully Feeney's back. Uh, hopefully Cole yeah, Guest is back. Yep. Um, you know, even without Feeney, this offensive line has played pretty well. Um, yeah. and, and we'll see uh, We'll see what they do. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's a 3.30 kick. It's on ESPN. Uh, a lot of eyeballs will be on Indiana, which is good. Um, but it, it's one game. And, you know, as close as we played them last year, that one game came became two losses, which became more losses. Um, actually, yeah. it became six losses. Um, so, you know, this – it's one game. And if IU ends up losing, you know, by 35 points, just flush it and move on to the next one. I think that staff has, has been pretty good at doing that. Uh, and – yeah, so we'll see. Maybe maybe we'll see a little Diamant sprinkled into uh, the offense in terms of uh, gadget plays. If this is, you know, if you're going to open up the playbook, this is the game to do it. Um, this is the game to put things on tape for others to prepare for. Uh, it's, yeah. uh, you know, you may be able to get some, I don't want to call it cheap, but, you know, cheap points uh, in terms of plays. And, and Xander has, has played some of his best ball against Ohio State uh, in his career. Uh, so maybe uh, maybe there's something going on there. Maybe you see him come in uh, in a special special package, um, and and uh, maybe continue to see what Ken Bikeoff is calling the uh, the big lunch bunch uh, with Natey and uh, Clyde Newton. So uh, that will do it for yeah. the show. TJ, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy Saturday, and we'll talk on uh, on Monday. Absolutely. Yep. Always a pleasure to be on. Thanks everybody for listening. All right. That does it for our IU OSU pregame show. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We'll be live from Columbus on Saturday. So follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. Uh, Keep coming back to uh, HoosierHuddle.com. We have plenty of content on this game. Keys to the game uh, matchup to watch. Uh, We'll have our primer out on Friday and enjoy the rest of your day. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 